Sup everybody, this is Carrick with ACG and welcome to the Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 8 review and spoiler cast. You'll be able to jump in here, I'll throw a timestamp up, you'll be able to listen to the review and then jump into the longer discussion if you want. I'm answering patrons questions, thanks for making this possible. And for everybody listening, if you want to skip the review and me just blathering on, feel free to jump forward to about 1545 to 16 minutes in, that's when we begin the deep dive. Resident Evil 8 is a sequel to 7, the beginning of the end, and the end of the beginning, and pretty much should have just been called Resident Evil Omega. It would have made far more sense as you spend like four times as long in some fucking puzzle box of a crazy lady's house than you actually do in the village. But, you know, whatever. They couldn't put a bunch of puzzles in the village, but they do get them in the house, and that's what we're going to be playing. It's a first-person game. It's from Capcom. It's out now. PS4, Xbox, and PC, guess what? Not Switch. Three crazy ladies, vampires cavorting over characters' hands, Saint Nick wielding a Warhammer and cheesy one-liners in the face of cannibal diners. Let's begin. Now, if you seriously sit here and think, my God, I'm going to have to listen to him talk like this without actually any video this entire time. No, you're not. I'm going to slow down. We're going to jump into this a little bit slower. Let's discuss some of the things about the review and what I take into context. A lot of times when I take into context a title like this that's a sequel as well as a genre-defining title within whatever genre it is, in this case, it's going to be horror as well as now first person, we have to look as not only is it a good sequel, but is it a good game in and of itself. The first thing I want to talk about graphics. Graphics overall are good. There's no real issue. But the house design, one of the places you spend a good deal of the time, is absolutely trashed your design straight, just like somebody grabbed two bowels and straightened them out and just said, hey, start at the end, end at the beginning. And there's some locked doors that you're going to have to go over and back and back and over and over and back atop again, like a 3D puzzle that you just don't really want to continue playing. One of the things that happened with the original games is all of the puzzle work sort of made sense back then. We accepted it within the game's titles and with the genre. And as we've continued to see more and more of these titles, it's felt stretched more and more. We saw that with other games, especially Resident Evil 3 Remake, where some of the puzzles just didn't really feel like they made sense anymore. They felt a little cumbersome. With Resident Evil 7, I didn't feel that so much. There were a couple puzzles here and there, but there was always that question mark, that mystery that was calling you further. When it comes to level design, one of the things you want to do is make a place that's interesting. The problem with Village is it's really not that interesting of a place to explore. Whether you're in the village, whether you're actually in some of the locations later on, or whether you're in the complex at the very end, it really never causes you to think to yourself, I want to continue to explore this place. But ignoring level design for a second, let's talk about the characters. The Revlon commercial gone mad character with the Warhammer, the just hair flying everywhere. Absolutely awesome. Of course, the lady herself, nine foot eleven of just absolute buxom hotness. If you like your chicks pale and pancake thick with makeup, this is probably the lady for you. A lot of cool designs here. Overall, though, I wasn't absolutely as impressed as I was with the games prior. I actually think, especially in Resident Evil 7, I was a little bit more interested in the characters and what they look like. Here also, the game does end up unveiling the mystery to you a little soon when it comes to all the characters. There's a scene that happens pretty much right at the starting of the game that shows you a good deal of the characters right at the very starting, which I have to admit is a ballsy decision, but one that to me really doesn't pay off. That being said, when you jump inside the particle effects, the smoke, the fire, the debris, all of that looks very good. One place that doesn't look good, whether you have ray tracing on or off on the PS5 or the Xbox or the PC, is the water. 
it always has a very strange, almost pasty look to it that never really feels like water to me. Even the waves and the way they move doesn't really nail it. Additionally, one of the things that you'll notice as you continue to play the game is a lot of mimicry and a lot of copy pasting in locations like boxes and barrels and pieces of wood piled up one another and then just spot checked all around the game world. You'll continue to run around some corner and they'll be the exact same box and barrel and boot. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this is the source of all the Pacific Northwest feet that are washing up on shore, but there are literally thousands of boots in this game. Just solo boots, combined boots, multiple different rubber boots laying all over the game world. And as you continue to run around and start to notice this, it actually becomes a bit funny. Now, as you move out and you start to explore, I do have to say that this thing performed fairly well, especially on the PS5 with the ray tracing on or off. It did most of the time hit 60, though there were some drops here and there, especially in the midst of cutscenes, you'd have that occasional glitch and you'll probably see it in some footage that's either out or may come out at a later part. Now, as we move into this, let's talk about sound music and voice. The first thing I want to talk about, sound design is excellent. I liked it. I like the shotguns. I like the guns. All of that kind was incredible. The 3D audio, you can go in, you can adjust it. You've got various different options. Very well done. Good audio as a whole. Not necessarily masterclass, certainly not to the point of Returnal, but for a Resident Evil game, especially when a couple of the remasters haven't really nailed it. I thought the sound was good. What I didn't find good was the music. It's just not really there almost ever. There's parts that play at various different locales and various different locations, but it never really does anything to add to the atmosphere. The silence that you play and the sound effects that you hear and the various different cries of animals that are far off in some corner and you can almost hear them just preparing some recipe to eat you. That stuff's great, but I would have liked some music to up that ambiance level. It absolutely did not deliver there. Where it did deliver, the voice acting. The voice acting is great. Regardless of what characters you see or play, I'm not going to be super spoiler here. You see some characters from other games and you see new characters as well as a returning Ethan. Those are very good, though it is a little bit weird that Ethan's one-linering as they're chopping off his hands. It doesn't matter. It is still one of those cheesy B-line kind of style games. And for me, the voice acting was just exactly where I expected it. Some great voice acting there, some cool kooky characters, and of course, Mia returns. Very cool to see her. And speaking of returning, that's basically what you're doing. Returning is Ethan in Resident Evil 8. It basically begins at the end of Resident Evil 7. You have continued on your life with your wife and your baby. You're living in a house, basically sitting back, just sort of hanging out with a chick who's a little bit crazy the entire time, sort of walking around the game world. It does one of those things where it starts out having you look around the house, that kind of stuff. And then things go wrong, as they would in a Resident Evil game. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called Resident Evil. It'd just be called Done. So you start playing this game. Things go bad pretty simply, and you are teleported, transported to some location. Now you got to be prepared for this because the game does do an odd jump at the starting and it doesn't do the greatest job sort of identifying what exactly is going on. Do all games in the Resident Evil franchise do this? Yes. Remember, Resident Evil 7 is a game where a dude basically decided that it was super safe to go into the middle of the swamps after he gets an email from his missing wife and is just like, hey, let's go into this haunted house. It's not necessarily like there's a bunch of logic with these characters. 
And on your search, you're, of course, looking for your baby rose. And that encapsulates six to eight hours. It could be 12 if you really walked slow and perhaps ended up wanting to do 100% of this game. I'm not 100% sure you would want to, but you can. And you could extend that a little bit. There's a lot of places to explore. There's a lot of puzzles and the typical tried and true Resident Evil gameplay. What is turned a little bit on its head are two things, story and gameplay, when it comes to the way the combat sort of plays out. Now, the combat isn't necessarily changed from seven. There's a couple adjustments where it feels a little bit tighter, you could say, and there certainly are some very cool accessibility options in the options system. For example, using the gyro on the PS5 to aim and that kind of stuff. As you jump in, you sort of understand how to mix and match weapons. You understand how to control your inventory, which is a situation in this game that you will have to continually stay on top of. You can, of course, craft right from inside of the inventory, which does help a lot, especially in the thick of things, because as we all know, it makes super Super cool sense to just stop and make some nine millimeter parabellum ammo in the middle of a fight against a bunch of zombies, but whatever. And as you move on from there, you end up fighting a various different stable of characters that are unleashed at you in various different locales. Each new locale sort of delivers not necessarily always a new character, but a new event. You sort of know this from other Resident Evils, meaning if you get through a puzzle or you get to a new location, there'll be some new NPC or some new character enemy that you'll end up fighting. Now, there were two things that sort of bothered me about this. With the gameplay out of the way and actually handling quite well, there was no real issues. Recoil and the various different guns felt good. When it came to the delivery, you always knew exactly when something was going to happen. Now, the Resident Evil games have never been incredibly good at controlling exactly how their narrative was going to plot out. You almost always knew when something was going to happen, even a surprise when an enemy would leap out from behind something. We remember the actual zombie dogs from the original game. What happens here, though, is almost every single moment you can tell something is going to occur. You can actually feel it in the way the game is paced. This reminds me a little bit of a TV show or a movie you might see, like 90210, where a person says something and then turns back around to say it again. They're like, you will be. You will be. That's exactly what happens in Resident Evil 8. You pick up on it almost immediately. Luckily, the different characters that you end up meeting are fairly cool. There's a couple twists and turns that I really did like, and let's discuss just for a second the mortal words of Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. That is one big bitch. This skyscraper of a woman, she's a fucking bipedal Sears Tower. She chases you through her house, and you keep thinking to yourself as she's doing so, why don't you fucking move somewhere else, bitch? You can't actually even get through your own doorway. At one point, she also puts you through the floor, like through it, like the Undertaker. She picks you up, and she throws you through the floor into the deep cadaverous womb of the house and then proceeds to just yell at you like some kind of ex who won't follow through with all the threatenings of being stabbed. I have no clue what's going on in this game half of the time. It's very much for effect and certainly in no way, shape, or form for actually any kind of feeling of continued realism. That does hurt it because one thing you may have seen with a lot of reviewers talking about this is it doesn't feel super scary. Some other reviewers have stated this, but also some people have played it and I gotta say that is certainly the point in the game. You definitely do not feel scared. Three reasons for this. I pointed out the first one. Boom. It explains to you right away what characters are doing what and shows you a number of them right up front. That mystery gone. Second, they're fairly impotent. You get your hand chopped off, boom, you glue it back on. You get your finger mulched, boom, you just put some fucking syrupy water on it and suddenly you're magically okay. The feeling of threat is not really there. Additionally, the feeling of creepiness, while it does come in or creeps in, as the joke may be, it never sticks around. And additionally, a lot of those moves that you end up seeing, a lot of those plot points are just scare and jump.
It's one of those things where you notice something and you're like, this is going to be a jump scare. And when it's not a jump scare, you turn around and boom, then there's the jump scare, the typical delayed jump scare. A lot of these things can be ignored by a lot of people because the gameplay is better in this a little bit than Resident Evil 7. It does feel a little smoother. Your character moves a little better. There's just some adjustments here and there, but I also have to say that it comes at the caveat of a number of smaller issues that to me makes the game feel a little bit less of a Resident Evil title and a little bit more of, strangely enough, almost a B or amateur horror title. And as you're put through your paces, continually taking enemies out and trying to do your protagonist best at your worst, you end up going to the merchant, buying different items, upgrading your weapons, finding different things along the game world and selling them back. Now, I do have to say as well, when you're running around finding things in the game world, some of them are just weird. For example, you'll find a little bit of crystal above a doorway you have to shoot, that kind of stuff. It never feels actually cohesive. That's one of the problems that the game has is there are various plot points as well as various different action elements that don't feel cohesive and less so even than Resident Evil 7, which in and of itself was not the most cohesive game. In fact, Resident Evil 7 didn't feel like a Resident Evil game until right at the end when Chris shows up, and I think we can all agree with that. That's sort of the way this game plays. Now, I do have to say I like the characters better in this game. I thought they were very cool as characters and talking, but no one really ends up eclipsing the crazy old family in the other game. You do just see this very, very cool voice-acted really well lady. She's running around scaring the bejesus out of you. There's no real hunter kind of character like we got with the nemesis in the Resident Evil remakes or anything like that. It's not that kind of thing. A lot of people thought she was going to be sort of like the nemesis. And while she does follow you at times, it's nowhere near the same kind of feel or vibe. And speaking of vibe, everything about atmosphere, about plot, about vibe is what gives me a feeling of awesome fun factor in a Resident Evil game, as well as that control, which I already told you is really good. When it comes to the story, when it comes to the plot, it's pretty good. There's parts that I like and parts that I don't. I don't think the delivery is actually quite well done at all, especially because, like I said, that mystery is gone almost from the starting. It's a little bit like a memento kind of movie where they show you the start at the end and the end at the start. But what happens here is... In a horror movie, it's a little bit worse if suddenly, magically, Pinhead is there right at the starting of Hellraiser, and he's like, I'm going to chase you around for the rest of the game, and he gives you a bunch of exposition about why he's doing so. This one, little less exposition, but it's sort of the same kind of thing. It just feels like, boom, been there, done that. And from that point on, you never really see anybody new. And when they do throw a plot point in, by the way, some very good plot points that I'll talk about in a later section of this, they never really gel. That being said, the combat is good. The overall exploration is fine. I did like the locations themselves, even though, like I said, it shouldn't be called Village, but I do think there was a bit more copy and paste than I would have liked. However, six to eight hours, I think, is a perfect length for this game. It allows for you to continue to play it and never really feel exactly burned out or bored until right at the end when the game ends, and it feels like a very nice narrative curve from beginning to middle, that climax, and then at the very end. And there is some cool surprises at the end of this. So if you get a chance, if you do decide to play this, man, don't skip out because there's some cool bits at the end of this. And that'll bring us to the rating. As you guys know, I rate games on a buy, wait for sale, rent, or never touch it again rating scale. This is wait for a sale. It really is. It's a game that I enjoyed the combat, but I do feel that the story just stepped down. There's more action. There's more weapons, or at least the ability to wield the weapons is a little bit different. The, you feel just a a little bit more in control, but it never once feels like something that 
I really would say elevates above and beyond when it comes to horror. When it comes to Resident Evil itself, it does tie a bunch up. I have to admit, this is probably the best of all the games when it comes to tying everything together at the end. In fact, people are going to be talking about this ending for a long time because it is definitely Resident Evil. When you get to the ending of this game, you'll be like, I actually understand a great deal of the Resident Evil story because of all of these things put together. It ties into various games. It really does feel good in that way. So if you're a diehard Resident Evil fan and you want more story, even if, let's say, it's a little bit boring exploring some of these locations, this actually might be for you. For me, though, I have to say it felt a little wanting. And then we're going to jump in to the deep bit. The actual deep dive of this is next. We're going to talk a little bit about this from beginning to end, and I'm going to put a timestamp. Here we are, 16 minutes in. Let's begin this discussion. Let's talk in depth about this. Let's slow it down a little bit. One of the things that I have to say is, while I love doing the reviews, I know that if somebody's just listening to them, it can be really quick and they're like, man, that's a lot of data. This is a place that you can jump in. If you wanna hear the rating, which I stated is actually a wait for a sale. My personal belief is it's a wait for a sale, but we're gonna talk more as we start out right now. So jumping into this game, starting out, looking at the very starting, I have to say, I like the idea of the way that they start with Ethan and the child and his wife and the explanation that they've been doing some stuff. They've been learning how to fight. There's little hints in there of different things. You also get the idea that your wife is a little nuts. The things that have happened, you continually bring it up and she wants to forget it. Now, this is slight foreshadowing, but it also, I think, misses the mark a little bit later in the game. They should have returned back and maybe hit that point a little bit more. They do explain why she does that, but it wasn't as good as I thought. But this starts out and you're basically walking around. You can look around the house for a little bit. You can take care of the baby for a moment before all hell breaks loose. As you do so, there's two things that I noticed. One, Resident Evil just isn't very good at indicating some kind of domicile, some kind of normal life. Everything always feels slightly aside, slightly off kilter. Where that can help in a lot of horror games, I think here it actually hindered it. I think it would have been better to have maybe an outdoor setting, like perhaps them going and playing on the swings or something. Something that felt less Resident Evil-y because... When you end up getting that switch, you just expect it. There's no surprise. And of course, we all know this is called Resident Evil Village, not Resident Evil Stay at Your Fucking House. But it still would have been cool to have that more normal life and see that just a little bit more color, just a splash of color. These guys are super afraid of color. Everything is desaturated to the point and just has this grimy feeling. Even your home, when you're walking around, and it's always got that Resident Evil hue. Well, at least we'll call it Resident Evil 7 and 8 hue because there's almost a filter over it of, of that golden brown where it feels just a little off. So as you start out, you're doing all this stuff. You're walking around. You're taking care of the baby. And of course, boom, Mia gets shot. Now, let's be honest, man. Mia, she's had a pretty shitty life. The honest truth is just nothing has worked well for her. She's taking care of the baby. Boom. You're sitting down for dinner. She gets shot right before she gets shot. She's continually telling you to just sort of leave those old times alone, to ignore those old times in this not necessarily protectorate style of way where we want to move on, but almost like a shaded shielded kind of way where there's something secretive and hidden there, which you do find out later. And Chris shoots her. 
you're so you're totally surprised. He comes in and he shoots her. Also, I got to say really bad mocap here. One of the things that you notice is Chris waylays her in the face multiple times with a gun and does not fake recoil in the gun in the cutscene. That is such a small thing, but it bothered me the moment I saw it. It was basically like he was shooting her with a bunch of fucking Tootsie Pops. And the next thing you know, you wake up and you're in the snow outside of a village. Now, what follows is a couple minutes walk through the snow and nothing really happens. I was quite surprised by this. It was a fairly sedate walk through the snow. Not a lot actually occurred. I thought this was going to be a moment where maybe you would end up having some scary bits. And certainly I can remember in Resident Evil 7, you had that walk prior to getting into the mansion, finding all of the bodies, the bits, and the different dream weavers and all that kind of stuff. You don't really notice that here. Instead, it's just a walk through the snow. And because of the way the game wants you to play, you really can't see that far because of the in-game flashlights that you have. So it's just really looking at your feet as you walk through the snow until you get to the outskirts of the village and you start moving through various different sound effects play. And this is when they start playing around with footsteps and all that kind of stuff. Now, very quickly, you end up facing off against lichens, against the werewolves of this game. It's not a long draw before that actually occurs. Two things happened here that I was sort of surprised about. There was not a lot of foreshadowing other than, like I did state, those footstep sounds on the roof, you end up meeting one of the villagers and almost instantly are set upon. Now, at this point, you're also taught the various different idiosyncrasies. You can do things like take a bookshelf and you can slide it in front of a door, but nothing really ends up feeling quite unique. Strangely enough, as well, many of the things that you actually learn at the starting aren't used very often in the game. The number of times that you actually barricade a spot later on in the game is quite low, which felt a little bit odd, like one of those moments where they're like, here's a mechanic, you do the mechanic, and as you continue to play, that mechanic is sort of left to the wayside. I think one of the reasons that is is because the gameplay that you end up experiencing in the middle and later half of Resident Evil Village doesn't necessarily have a barricade-style feel to it. Most of the time, you are well outfitted with weapons and going face first into them actually works better. When you do end up facing other characters like some of the mini bosses or bosses, those are usually a different style and you're not needing to barricade anyway, though there's times where they chase you through the house. And speaking of that, once you end up meeting some of the characters in the game, you end up going forward into the house and into the village itself. Now, as I stated in the review, you don't spend as much time in the village as I thought, or you don't spend much time in the village proper. There are some battles that happen in the village, you return to it, but a lot of it is spent in this crazy-ass house that the lady herself built, and understanding and sort of coming to grips with the relationship of this weird supernatural menagerie that goes on. Resident Evil's always had that combination of magic and and zombieism, where you're never quite sure, are they supernatural or are they not? This is something that perhaps in Resident Evil 1 and 2 wasn't as well pushed, but as you started to get into Code Veronica, and you started to especially get into 7 and now 8, there's this almost mixture feeling of magical horror mixed with Resident Evil instead of just the biohazard kind of feeling of a chemical. Now, this is all explained later on, but it is something that you feel here as you start playing the game. Everything's got that Transylvanian feel to it. And the lichens or the werewolves that you find and meet in this game really do end up just turning out to be another chemical alteration of the Resident Evil virus. And while a lot of the gameplay does occur in this house, I'm just going to explain a little bit before we move on. So you jump into this house, you start doing various different things, and the puzzles that 
that are here. Let me discuss the puzzles for a second, because I think this is something that is a well-worn trope of Resident Evil that I would like to see adjust as we move forward to more realistic puzzles that are based, let's say, a bit more in the geometry, the architecture, environmental hazards than they are on the fakery that we see here. For example, there's just a huge number of places in this game where the doors and everything start to feel incredibly artificial, where every single place you have to get through requires the key on the opposite side of the game world to go and get, which isn't necessarily a bad thing in an older title, but as we move forward and we see games like, even a game I didn't love like Evil Within, start to take things and move them at least a little bit edging towards a realistic or environmental kind of hazard or obstacle, we don't see that much in Resident Evil Village. In fact, we rarely see it. Resident Evil Village has a number of those weird-ass logic puzzles where I like that cryptic feeling where you're trying to figure out why is this dollhouse here and why am I rolling a marble through it? But after a while, you're like, you know what I'd really like? I'd really like something to where I had to interact with the game world itself and figure out a way through something versus just getting a key to a door that for no reason whatsoever has a barred entry to it. And then when you open it, there's a character inside and you're like, what? That doesn't even logically make sense. And I think when you look at Resident Evil, a lot of people may say, well, you know, you do have to put logic to the wayside. You absolutely do. But it's actually their own focus, their own change in focus in particular, that's moved towards a bit more towards the haunted house, a bit more towards the realism and a bit away from just the virus kind of gameplay that we had in those older titles. And I would just like to see them replicate that a tiny bit. There is ways to do haunted house that are a little bit more modern and make things make a little bit more sense. And when you have a game like this where you are in a haunted house, there's even ways you could do it that weren't necessarily feeling exactly modern. You could do things in the architecture, that kind of stuff, and we don't see that. Additionally, we don't see a lot of verticality in this game. Strangely enough, it's a game based in a village that's in a snowy area. You expect there to be a lot of mountainous areas. There are a couple times where you're on castle parapets and stuff like that, but it never really has a huge sense of verticality, which I think was a slight misstep on their part. I would have liked to have seen more of that, especially because you do spend some parts of this out and about on those locations and I would have liked to have seen that reflected in some way in gameplay for example scaling up the side of the castle or something like that about the time that you start moving out, you do start getting other weapons, including the sniper rifle and having to adjust your inventory. You're also able, like I stated in the review, to go to the merchant, buy different various things for the weapons. You can buy longer clips. You can buy the ability to shoot faster with a shotgun. And you have to move and adjust these inventory. You can also pay the merchant for larger inventory spaces if you so desire so that you can get more items. That does help. It is a lot of money, but there's ways to get money in this game by killing the enemies. A lot of the enemies end up dropping sort of these tokens that you can sell to the merchant and you can end up getting these things anyway. And they're not necessarily super expensive. You can also upgrade the guns themselves, including their reload time and the amount of damage that they do and the amount of ammo that they hold. And that is even regardless of those clips and other items that you find and can attach to the weapons. This is also where the game sort of goes batshit insane in a way I actually liked. It ups the 
action. So a lot of people have said this game seems to be way more action. It is, but it takes a while to actually get to those parts. Other than that starting part where you have action right away, where you're fighting the lichens, once they're gone, then a lot of it is the more tried and true walking forward, figuring something out that you do. And that's sort of in the middle half. And then you get to that halfway point, three-fourths of the way point, and you start ending up seeing a lot more action, especially, like I said, once you get the sniper rifle and you face various new types of enemies, old and new, that you're going to go against, including flying ones and armored characters. This also changes the way that the game feels. I've heard people say it's Resident that kind of thing, where it feels like it's a little bit too action-oriented. I can absolutely feel that way. I also felt that way, though, in Resident Evil 7. I felt that in Resident Evil 7, as you continue to play that game and you got later on, there was a lot of combat-heavy moments in that. I think Resident Evil 8 mimics that. It probably feels a little bit more leaning on the combat, but that might also be because combat itself in this game is not necessarily too difficult and it's not incredibly challenging. Also, the combat in this game and in any game, if you're counting bullets, should end up feeling like some kind of resource or survival game that doesn't really occur because money is so easy to come by, regardless of what settings you have. So you can end up getting a ton of bullets right away, which really does help you mulch most enemies. And as you get into these farther points and you start experiencing these harder difficulties, these harder different characters, the armored lichens, that kind of thing, as long as you have the bullets, as long as you have that sniper rifle, which of course you basically will for sure have it, it's not super hard. It's a game that I would say is probably on the easy of all of the ends of any of the Resident Evil titles. And as I've said before, I know this game is called Village, and it doesn't feel like you're always in the village. I would say that the village is sort of just spread out over what feels like multiple football fields, well, even longer, of a location. Those later locations are very cool. There's a couple spots there I would have liked to have seen a lot more combat, exploration, and just investigation occurring. There are also some scarier moments, especially, as I stated, when you get the flying enemies. They have a different style to them, and they're a bit hard to actually get a lock on when it comes to the ground enemies i never really felt challenged when it comes to the air enemies a little bit more difficult when you add that in and some of the cooler later areas i really wish we would have stayed in those locations just a little bit longer but it felt to me like a lot of them unless you chose to just walk around and possibly end up getting attacked for really no reason you almost always know exactly where you need to go this is something that a lot of resident evil games have handled differently they've handled whether they give you information on where to go or like the original mansion or the mansion in this game, you know pretty much where to go because there's a locked door and you can usually just aim away from that door, run as far away from it as possible and find the key. That's just how the games are set up here, especially in those later areas. There were a couple times where you popped into the area and you pretty much know exactly where you need to go. And the idea of going some other way, as long as you didn't really need some health or some kind of ammo just didn't really entice me. These were also excellent locations for sound. I felt that the sound really elevated a lot of these spots. A little bit of music here and there, but man, I can barely remember it. Even when I was sitting there and I was thinking about the game and I had it on pause, a lot of times, just no music, just the ambient sounds of the world itself, which again, that'll be up to you if you like that kind of thing or not. 
for me, I really did like those environmental scapes, especially later. And you can hear those 3D effects in the couple battles that you are doing of, against the various different enemies. Now, I will say, I think the Lycans are one of the more enjoyable enemies to fight in the Resident Evil series. I did like a lot of the enemies in 7, but I think they were fun here to fight once you start really getting into them and getting the different types. And then the very end boss, which I'll get to in a second. This is an enjoyable game, but it is a game that feels patchworked almost. It feels like... The way you encounter this and the reason why you might see different types of reviews where people are like, this is low action, super high action. This is really fun, not fun. It's not like Returnal where the RNG is really wide and everybody has just a completely different experience. It is where in this game in particular, due to the weapons being output and due to the way that you can move, a lot of the quality of life indicators that we have for a current game, which I think we all want in a Resident Evil, have allowed us to jump up in the ability of Ethan himself, the ability to move around and that kind of thing. And it takes away a little bit of the danger. As you continue to game and continue to move forward, you start to get towards the end character and you know who you're going to face right away. Saint Nick, as I call him. Again, you do meet him right at the starting. So facing off again against him didn't really challenge me as much as I thought. There's a lot of running for your friggin' life, though, so be aware of that. But let's wrap this up and talk about the ending because this might be the best ending of a Resident Evil game. In fact, I'll just say it's the best ending of a Resident Evil game I've seen. And the reason why is because you finally find out everything or not everything but a lot of things that merge the resident evil story with the questionable resident evil 7 resident evil village feel and story you finally get an understanding of everything together so i'm going to break it down very basically for you and to say this is a mind fuck is man I, okay so what you find out is that mia wasn't mia mia was mother miranda and Mother Miranda was the one living with Ethan this entire time and with the baby, all right? So Chris finds this out. Chris shows up, shoots Mother Miranda slash Mia and knocks you out and takes you off in a vehicle to go to his complex. On the way there, you get in a crash and that's how the game starts. You're in the snow. You don't find this out until basically at the ending and in various snippets. So Mother Miranda is actually the original researcher who found this mold that takes in the psychic thoughts, the psychic processes of those alive around them and can sort of regenerate. So what the idea is, she lost her daughter to the flu when she was young. And so this Miranda, this mother Miranda for years has been trying out this mold on various different villagers to sort of recreate her daughter. What's happened, though, is that at some point in the past, she also met another researcher scientist and told him about it. Guess who that is? That's the person who created and mixed the T-virus and basically created the Resident Evil story as a whole. What we see is the Resident Evil story. So you've got the Resident Evil story over here with this other researcher. And then you have Mother Miranda over here in the village doing this the entire time. So you have this concurrent timelines. And I got to admit, I actually liked this. Then you find out, and this is just a mindfuck, you find out basically that Ethan's been dead this entire time. Ethan is a mold baby, we'll call him. He is a mold baby from Resident Evil 7. And that's why he was able to heal himself in the way that we saw all these times. All these times he's been able to grab different parts of his body and you were like, how the fuck does this guy just continue moving on? That's because he's a mold baby. He's He is basically, in some ways, the same creature 
He's fighting in village. He is pretty much the same. That's one of the reasons why he can continue to keep going. And one of the reasons why there's various different things that you end up hearing the characters say in the game. And you're like, that doesn't really hit it off. It doesn't really sound right. It does once you understand the ending and once you understand who Ethan actually was. But that's not all. He somehow comes back to life without a heart because, again, he doesn't technically need one, at least for a particular amount of time, and he sacrifices himself so that Chris, who's found Mia, can escape with their baby. And that is the starting of the major end. So basically what happens is Chris, Mia, and the child Rose escape. Ethan, whose story is basically complete, they say that, he is the father's story. They say like the father's story is now finished or the father's story is now done or something like that. It is done. Ethan's overall timeline is over. Mia is still alive. Chris is alive. So Ethan is really in a weird way, th this very cool Genesis for the entire village slash Resident Evil 7 story. And again, it's batshit insane. We always know that a Resident Evil. But one of the reasons why I like this is because you finally find out that there's these concurrent lines of different situations, one in Village and in Resident Evil 7, and the other in the other Resident Evil games by that researcher who then mixed it with the T-Virus and ended up setting up, well, creating Umbrella. And you might be thinking to yourself, boom, that's it, man. We've wrapped it up. Nope, nope. Because what has happened is while Mother Miranda was doing the experiments, she ended up partnering with another group, not Umbrella. They were called the Connections. And they're like, a, I, I don't know, like some kind of evil mold mafia, I guess, but ends up helping them create one of the characters we saw in Seven and now various characters that we see in Village. And at the end, you find out Chris is basically moving forward to take these guys out. And we don't really know any, like what exactly they have to do with Umbrella overall. It's very interesting because you really find out that in this entire time, we thought it was Umbrella. And then you saw, like I said, Seven and Eight, and you were like, exactly what connection do they have? We saw some connections, obviously, at the end of Seven in particular. But now you get all these sort of mini stories that go back and forth in seven and eight and then merge into Umbrella and, of course, Resident Evil, which I actually thought was friggin awesome. Now, before I wrap this up, I want to tell you why I think this is awesome, <clears throat> because while we all saw Ethan do crazy shit, we all applied the crazy shit filter to it and tried to, in some ways, tell ourselves it had to do with just Resident Evil's overall world and that it was a little bit weird, but he was able to do that, right? But now we find out that technically the crazy shit we saw was all because he died at the starting of Resident Evil 7 and he is the creatures that he is basically going for going forward to kill. He is the same thing. This entire time you've been playing him, who is an actual creature, the exact same mold that he's been fighting, which to be honest, man, that I did not see coming. I've had a lot of issues with Resident Evil stories in the past, and I've talked about this, especially in the main games. Their stories have always been a little jargony, a little filled with, and I'm, we've talked about this because of where they originated, uh, different mythologies, different things sort of came about. And that was always, I would say, the, the cusp of why a lot of people liked them was because they felt a little different. They didn't feel like, let's say, uh, any of the horror games, even an Alan Wake that we get. But what happens here is you have a merging, I think. You have a, a little more of a step towards, I would say, the kind of horror that 
we are seeing in a lot of other games right now, which may take a bit of the edge away from Resident Evil. And I can see people having some issues with that. But to me, finally merging, finally getting at least a good amount of the story of the origination of all this stuff, but finding out that it was in this parallel line of events was just not what I expected. And it makes me want to go back and play games like Code Veronica and uh, what was it, Resident Evil 4, and just play these games and sort of see where some of these tie in, because I'm sure there won't be perfect tie-ins because stories change. But the idea now that I know all of these things are tied together, man, that is awesome to me. And that satisfaction of an ending is probably the best ending I've ever had, other than maybe Code Veronica for an ending of a Resident Evil game. And that's the truth. And that's one of the reasons why, though I had issues with this title, and I talk about it in my review, where I think it's probably a wait for a sale because it really wasn't scary, just didn't really love it. But that ending, holy shit well worth getting to. And, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that we can cover in this. This is the first time of doing one of these and I don't have anybody to bounce off of, but I thought, you know what, maybe the patrons will like this. Maybe you won't. If you don't like it, that's fine because this is a different kind of thing. If you want it changed or adjusted, if you don't just want me talking and blathering in a line and you want me to hit certain points, you can feel free to put that in the discussion uh, bits, in the discussion notes that you'll see on Patreon. But I got to say, spectacular ending fucking phenomenal unfortunately let down a bit by the game itself anyway that's it for me thank you guys for being patrons i appreciate it i hope you enjoyed this if you did you know that's awesome if you didn't i would like uh some description of maybe why you didn't peace out everybody